you're on a de- deserted island with one person. What? How good do you have to look? You should be naked half the time. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's August 23rd, 2009. Time again for your Gitmo Nation audio publication episode 124. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the 17th Century Canal House Crackpot Command Center located in Amsterdam, Gitmo Nation East. Back from my deserted island, I'm Adam Curry. And coming to you from northern Silicon Valley, where the fog rolled in and hasn't rolled out. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill. In the morning. Hey, John, turn on yes. the foam, baby. <laughs> that was the joke. That so was of, Ibiza. That, I wasn't in Ibiza. Yeah. But that was the joke That's of the okay. entire. If you want, I don't care. You stick with your story. It that was the me. joke of the entire vacation. It was like, oh, I'm ready. Turn on the foam, Johnny C. Dvorak. Turn on the foam. I'm ready, man. I'm, my life has changed, man. I like. You know, there's one club there that they have foam that is about six feet thick. No, I think every club has foam that's six feet thick. <laughs> but I was not in Ibiza. I was in Formentera, which is yeah, a, okay. a very interesting uh, has interesting history. That island. No, I bet it does. Uh, it sounds like you're really interested. So what? Well, what? Well, tell, well, you already told me it's a old hippie island. Yeah, but uh, the um, indigenous people—I forget what, it, what, what <laughs> they were. Indigenous people, there. <laughs> what, thousands, some, some hermits. <laughs> yeah, thousands of years ago. Well, you know, a lot of people owned that island, like the Spanish and the Romans, and but the indigenous uh, peoples who lived there were actually known as the the the, the naked walkers. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, or the translation of the name, and it, to this day, you know, it's kind of a mixed a mixed bag, so to speak, of uh, people who uh, are on the beach naked and people who are on the beach not naked. It's cool though. It's like it's no big deal. Naked people. Yeah, the you naked can, walkers. Can you go up to him and say, "Hello, lady. Are you a native? <laughs> are, you, are, you, <laughs> are you indigenous to the area? <laughs> Would you like a cornetto?" Would you like a Cornetto ice cream? How was the food? Hey, there was this, there's one restaurant on the island that absolutely rocks called Con Carlos. And, uh, of course, it's only really open three or four months a year. Uh, and we went there two times. Very hard to get a reservation. Um, actually, three times. I'm sorry. Uh, John, fantastic. This Italian, young Italian couple have taken over the restaurant since like whatever last season, I guess. Oh my God. It was outstanding. And they have this thing in, in, uh, in Ibiza, in Formentera. <laughs> no, 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 listen. No, no. So Formentera is known for it. The only, of course, tourism and uh, salt. Sea salt is made there. And they have oh, did these, you bring some sea salt back? Did you yes, get some of the indigenous yep. sea salt? Indigenous, did you bring it back? yes. We brought back some of the naked indigenous sea salt. And they mm. do this um, sea bass. Or actually, we had a dorada, uh, which, what is that? Uh, what kind of fish is that? Uh, dorad? Yeah. I don't know. It's a bass, I think. They're kind of yeah, like a bass. And what they do is they, they actually cook it in this whole big pancake of sea salt. Um, yeah. And then they That's crack, crack it recipe. open. It's great, though. It was like, whoa. Tasted yeah, awesome. It, 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 it's yeah. The, so you brought some sea salt back for me? Did you give me like a bottle? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Of course. So uh, did you miss me? Well, I, I mean, yeah, it's only, it's I only did. been four I days. Extremely, because <laughs> I couldn't kibitz with you about what's going on, especially in Great Britain. Oh boy, I, I did. Uh, it was very. We didn't have electricity. Um, I had the solar panels. 
to recharge the uh, the cell phone so I could you know do a little bit of email but of course they they don't actually have 3G uh, boy that was a surprise uploading uh, Thursday's show it GPRS only which is like 1 1.2k per second or some shit like that it took hours and um uh, so Christina, you know, has been keeping you up to speed a little bit, but I didn't hear of anything shocking. What's uh, what's going on? Well, you know, they let out the guy who. This is funny that you don't. Oh, know the this. oh no, I do. I do know this. The Lockerbie uh, guy. Yeah. So the guy's been in jail for what? Ten Seven years. years. Ten years. After Ten killing two hundred seventy-one people, supposedly. See, I, when that Lockerbie thing first began, I mean, if anyone hasn't followed us, they haven't been following the news. But what happened? Of course, they released him because he's he's, he's not feeling well. under compassionate grounds. He, compassion. And so they released him back to a hero's welcome in Libya. But you know, when that thing first broke, there were an there was an awful lot of good reporting taking place in, in the Independent, the Telegraph, and most, many of the British newspapers, which indicated that this guy never did it in the first place. Right. Well, that that's what that, I did read. You know, question mark was he a patsy, et cetera, et cetera. Which which kind of explains why they were not you know that adverse to releasing him because i think everybody knew the whole thing was just some sort of a slap Scam. on the wrist against Lib uh, libya for some other transgressions like the bombing of the nightclub in, in germany or whatever can, can i just say one thing about because uh, i did you know i did follow uh, some of the story in the financial times have you seen a recent picture of muammar gaddafi yeah well actually they, he was on the news last night what but what is what is up what is up with the yellow hat and the yellow shirt is this like a fashion statement now he's he like he wasn't a, wearing a yellow fat he, he was wearing a, <laughs> he was wearing a, a suit a, underneath a cloak and this no, was, this was I, I, he was wearing a yellow hat which by the way is the new fashion color in italy this year and a, and a yellow suit jacket i'm like since when is Muammar Gaddafi like following fashion well, maybe he passed through Italy and he just thought it was a good idea. But whatever the case was, he wasn't wearing that. But they showed a picture of him, which has caused the controversy, was having a meeting, like, I guess, three or four, five, six weeks ago with Gordon Brown, who apparently set this up. And now everybody's saying that was to get at the oil fields of Libya. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a quid pro quo. You know, they said, we would like to get your oil. And, you know, the way the thing would have gone was, we'd like to get your oil. Well, you got our guy locked up for no good reason. He said, well, if we release him, can you uh, give us the oil? And he says, well, you know, if you're going to release him, you know, they sort of dreamed up some phony baloney pretense to release him. Right. But meanwhile, now we're still, now, unfortunately, because they, they can't admit that there was the wrong guy in jail, I'm guessing, uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it is the right guy, but there, all the evidence was way, I mean, it was way out in front that it was out of Syria and it was some other, or the CIA was involved in some switch. They switched a package on them or something. It was, it's actually in the Wikipedia has a good, a good ah, rundown. Yes, with, a, a fine, with fine with source no of details. information. It's just a good rundown <laughs> of the various conspiracy theories. Yeah. Of about the locker, but you can look it up. Well, locker, you know, Tony locker. Tony Blair visited uh, Gaddafi. I think maybe three years ago. All of a sudden, he yeah. showed up there. You know, hanging out in the tent. Yeah, there's been a, there's well, been a lot going on about this whole thing. Yeah. But anyway, so Gaddafi's trying to embarrass, humiliate everybody. So they made a give a big hero's welcome, knowing it would anger the Americans, which will yeah. which get, causes nothing. But <laughs> it's just troublemaking. And uh, but I think it's uh, Brown's. Brown's done. He can't. 
get past this. This he unless they admit that they had the wrong guy locked up, which they can't possibly do since it was the British government that set this thing up. Well, I, I think you know it, it's he's pretty, through. This guy's well, through. But it's pretty obvious that that Brown is supposed to get out now. Maybe they want to accelerate him getting out. I guess they're going to call a general election any day now. And uh, David Cameron's supposed to come in. That's the way it always goes: flip flop, flip flop, left, right, yeah, well, left, David right. David Cameron at least sounds good on paper. I've got a couple of clips. Of Cameron. David Cameron's you know like personal advisor is Eric. Schmidt from Google. Does that help? Is that right? Oh yeah, he does all kinds of. He's a he's like a special advisor to the conservative party, and he's always showing up at special symposia. And oh yeah, Eric Schmidt. Yes, buddy, buddy well, with David how Cameron. Be, how can he be running with the conservatives in Britain and then running with the ultra liberals <laughs> in Washington? How does that? Work? He likes to go with a winning team, John. Well, I don't blame him for that. Hey, let me, uh, let me, I'm, I'll Google it for you. Let me see, uh, Eric. Let's run a couple Cameron clips while we're talking about him so people know who he is. Okay. Since he will be, the, he's obviously the next guy. Uh, well, he well, talks, of course. He talks a great game. Here it is. Uh, Google's chief executive, Eric Schmidt, was appointed David Cameron's e- economic advisor. <laughs> what is this? He, this, this, this? Eric Schmidt is a scientist. He was the chief science officer. No, he's Sun- not. He's so, an economic he advisor. Here, this is uh, this is. Uh, <laughs> what is this all? He's economic advisor. Yes, he well, is. How, how do you, you know, collect, uh, get lucky, and get a, become a billionaire, and now you're an economic advisor. Yes, he's a crap. That is. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I'm telling you, Eric Schmidt is all over the place. He's he's on Obama's team, and he's on David Cameron's team. Yeah, he's he's, he's a conservative. I mean, a Democrat, a conservative. Uh, uh, I don't know what he is. Well, he's, he floats around a lot, but he's, he speaks- he's obviously a bag man for somebody. Yeah, bag man being uh, black bags filled with money. So uh, that would be my guess. Yeah, maybe that's all he does. It just uh, drops off money everywhere. Play the clip British Conservatives. Stability. And at the heart of our program for government would be an intention to change fundamentally the balance of power between the citizen and the state so that ultimately it's people in control of the government and not government in control of the people. Gee, where have I heard that one before? Talk is cheap. (laughs) Oh, I love this. This this guy is... is, This is the guy who... Um, made a big deal out of being green and riding his bike to work. And then, of course, the press found out that his limousine was following behind with his briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a real tool. Here, let's listen to more. Now, we'll start by putting back in place the protections of personal freedom that Labour have taken away. Today in Britain, not in some foreign dictatorship or in some bygone age, you can wake up in the morning in your own bed, in your own home, to hear a knock on the door from an official with one of over a thousand powers that let the state go into your house. You don't have to be a terrorist or a criminal fugitive. The authorities have the right to come into your home, for example, to inspect your potted plants for pests, to check the regulation of any hedgerow. More than half of these new powers have been introduced in the past 12 years. But so they can bust into your house to check for pests in your potted plants. Oh yeah, they can do all kinds of stuff. And they have... Uh, we didn't talk about this on the show, but a couple of weeks ago there was an announcement that I think 20,000 Britons uh, are going to be, uh, you know, if, if they get an ass bow or essentially if they're, uh, if they're written up as being antisocial, then they're going to hang cameras in these people's homes? Yeah, we blogged that. 
Troll state can not only enter your home, they can snoop on you as you walk down the street. Cool. And it's not just the sort of spies you see in... So I guess he's going to do away with all the CCTV cameras, right? David Cameron's yeah, going right. to turn all of this around and it's all going to be gone. Time time dramas, but these are sort of new spooks, if you like. Council <laughs> officials, quango workers, using the regulation of... What, what's a quango worker? I was going to ask you quango, what a quango worker A quango was. worker? A quango worker. Wait Those quango workers are to trouble. This warrants some Googling. Hold on. What did Q you, you think? Quango uh, worker? Yeah, it has to be quango. Q-U-A-N-G-O. That's the only possibility. The quango, uh, top link, the quango that is killing Britain. The quango has accurately manipulated the infected workers into desiring what the government prefers them to do. Huh? Quango worker. Let's listen to the rest of the clip while we investigate Quango. Maybe someone in the chat room can help us with what a Quango worker is. Investigatory Powers Act, or REPA, sometimes known as the Grim Reaper. This was supposedly introduced to help fight terrorism. But, for instance, a pool council in the southwest used it to spy for nearly three weeks on a young family who had applied to a local primary school, and they wanted to check to see if they lived in the right catchment area. Councils in Derby and Gateshead... Used all right, that's the end of the clip. Yeah. Anyway, just, he's just outlining stuff. So if you want, while you're still looking, you can now... He, he goes on and on and on with listing every crazy thing going on, which is, of course, we've been blogging and everybody's been pointing out. Of course, he's in the government, so you have to wonder how much he had to do with it. Well, he's but the you shadow might as well you might as well go to continue further down in his speech. Go to crazy arrests. I just thought these these statistics that he threw out were actually kind of funny. Oh, and by the way, stuff we've been talking about for two years on this very program. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we've been talking about it for since day one. So I, by the way, we, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Hit crazy then there's the misuse of the terrorist legislation. Section 44 of the Terrorism Act gives the police the. Uh, this, of course, is police can tell you to can arrest you if you're taking pictures of uh, the police. Uh, to stop and search any person on the street. Now, last year, it was used over 120,000 times, a threefold increase on the year before. Now, that's one person stopped every four minutes. Yet only 1% of these searches led to an arrest, let alone charges or convictions. And instead, not terrorist offences. We see a woman in her 30s held for walking on a cycle path. Parents and their 12-year-old disabled son detained for two hours by 10 officers on suspicion of people trafficking. But let's say, I'm not making this up by the way, let's say you were, you were charged. I would argue there are now serious questions about the quality of justice in Britain. Since 2003, we've seen repeated attempts to remove the role of juries in fraud trials, in coroner's inquests, and other criminal trials. And justice hasn't just been eroded really, at home. He, he really, really talks uh, a big game. But of course, you know, oh, he's, yeah, no, he's, he's just shepherding in the, you know, the total takeover, the total Gitmo Nation East takedown, I should say, is what he's going to do. It's his turn. Quango, an acronym. Quasi-autonomous non-governmental organization. Wow. So why do they have any powers? I don't know. Yeah. The use in the UK of executive agencies charged with service delivery functions has arisen alongside so-called non-departmental public bodies. I don't know. It's just, it's just more bullshit. I like the word. It's a great Quango. word. We should use Quango. it. We Quango. We have to start picking. We got to popularize it here. Yes, Quango. I mean, I think Acorn is a Quango. Totally. That's a perfect example of a Quango. Yeah. 
We, you know, mm, okay. Yeah, it's a quasi-autonomous non-government organization. It's a quango. <laughs> Acorn equals quango. <laughs> Okay, so first, so, anyway. so the, what he'll do, of course, is he'll let Gordon Brown usher in the uh, forced vaccinations for uh, swine flu, and then when people start dropping dead, <laughs> then then he'll say, "Oh, need a general election, got to get this guy out. He killed our babies," and then uh, and, and he let that that terrorist go. And, and of course, no, he's a, he he's, a Scotsman. he's already done, Brown's already done enough enough by letting the terrorist go to be ousted. But I'm sure that, you know, Brown being a Scot had something to do with it all, right? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so what do you got? You want to hear more clips? No, before you get to a clip, um, remember the uh, the scientist, the micro microbiologist scientist who was arrested? No, actually, he wasn't just arrested. He was shot, the, shot dead in the street. He wasn't. I don't think he was shot dead. He was, oh, he was picked up. He was tased after, uh, uh, what did they do first? Didn't they squirt something at him? No, they first they surrounded him, then they, they blasted him with something or other, then they tasered oh, him. Oh, tear gas, him, right, tear powder. Then they shoved some, something in his mouth and dragged him off, and we haven't heard from him since. So uh, I haven't been able to verify it, but I have all the links, and I'll put them in the show notes at uh, noagendashow.com. He apparently was that very – so he had been um, auditing or overseeing the – uh, what's the what's the name of it, John? The uh, the special uh, at the auditorium there in Los Angeles, the um, the medical yeah, team. Yeah, where they were doing that medical thing. Yeah, whatever that's called. Jeez, I feel so inadequate uh, because he was uh, convinced that they were testing out swine flu vaccine on uh, people who basically need to go to this third world type organization to get uh, health care, and uh, what turns out that. Only one day before or that day itself, he was doing an interview talking about this on uh, a radio show by an outfit called Project Camelot, which you've probably heard of, projectcamelot.org. And he, so he's actually, he's on the show, he's talking about what's going on at, uh, uh, in Los Angeles with, with swine flu being, you know, swine flu vaccine being tested on people. Then he tries to escape to the Israeli embassy and he's, he's, uh, tear gas, tased, dragged off, and never heard from again. And of course, all under the veil of he threatened to blow up the White House while he was in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, right. which is, I just love it. So uh, <laughs> I, I got to look into that a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. Yeah, but, we uh, got to find uh, this guy. <laughs> the, the, I think the dude may need some help. <laughs> well, you, you know, if we can figure out where he is and who has him, I mean, you don't know even who arrested him. No. No, it's it's a mess. It's, it's a real mess. I, you know, sometimes I really think that shit is coming down fast and furious, and we really are just kind of glossing over it, John. We really are not seeing. There's a there's a bigger picture here. It probably is, and we're glossing it over, which is hilarious. Just makes you wonder what the rest of the news media is up to. Yeah, really. Well, I don't know. Did you have any real news? I mean, I'm I'm so out. Oh of yeah, it. I got some real news. Ah, would you like a, uh, a Real News jingle? Let's play part of it. And now, back to Real News. So I, don't, I, have, I have no high hopes for the new Jay Leno show. Have you seen it? Has, it? has it aired yet? No, no, no. It's coming out in a week or two. Okay. But here's, a commercial, here's one of the commercials they ran. Run Jessica Alba. <laughs> I was going to say, I could pretty much guess which clip was, <laughs> was the Real News clip. Jessica no, Alba. No, I'm going to set it up. All right. I'm going to set it up. This is supposed to be funny. 
Okay. You ready? Yeah. Here, we, here we go. Research shows America wants more comedy. I thought the audience wanted more pancakes. Ooh, sorry, Jessica Alba, but it's more comedy served fresh every night, which is why we're bringing you the Jay Leno Show. You mean I made all these pancakes for nothing? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess pancakes? he lost his normal writers. Pancakes? <laughs> She's standing there with the stacks of pancakes all around her. They're all like seven feet seven foot stacks of pancakes and they're saying no i thought they wanted pancakes it's got this is there's no reference to anything it's not funny it's just jessica alba standing there she's not even dolled up in these in this pile of pancakes as though this is like but this is must be hilarious oh i'm, I'm shaking my did, head looking at this ad thinking this show is going to be terrible so d- did conan get the uh get the writers that's a possibility. I just, somebody got the writers. Whatever the case is, some, obviously the, whoever the main writers were didn't want to do, uh, I don't know, maybe, I have no idea. Maybe they restaffed the whole show. I, have, I haven't got a clue. All I know, and maybe the guys who do the commercials have got nothing to do with the show. But you'd think that you'd have some, you'd think Leno would have some approval of an idiotic commercial like this, but I guess not. I still don't know what they're trying to prove with this. It ju- just doesn't sound like a very good idea, other than saving a lot of money because they're not going to put a, a, a full scripted, full blown drama in that time slot. Yeah, but they're never going to be able to regain the spot. No, you're right. I mean, basically, they, they could they, lose it so you know, bad. The, they, they mean, they had Law and Order, which was a money maker, and that was always running at ten o'clock. And then they had a couple other shows that they had, you know, that they were going to push to ten. Now they, they're going to lose ten o'clock completely, leaving it just to ABC and, and CBS. I mean, uh, Fox has never pick, pick, gone into ten. They've always let the local news broadcast go at ten. But Fox could just step in if they wanted to. Hmm. Anyway, NBC's screwed. <laughs> Here's another one that's kind of a, a, a real news. Read the, here's a, I thought this was a screw, yeah, just, just because the guy doing the voiceover, he emphasized words in such a way that it, it gave you the wrong impression. Run the Hyundai ad. Of all the things that are changing lately, Hyundai Assurance has remained rock solid and gotten even better because now it gives you something else, gas. What? <laughs> what? Gas? <laughs> <laughs> and and well, by I'm the way, buy and, one. by the way, I was I was I was following some of the news. So we've got oil now at what seventy four seventy five bucks a barrel, and natural yeah. gas, which works fine by the way for running automobiles, is is, is the prices has have collapsed. I know it's hilarious. I mean, and we can heat our homes with that. We can r- drive our cars on that. We we have tons of it. <laughs> what is going on? Why doesn't and the news media doesn't say, hey, by the way. That's kind of cool, you know. This we seem to have a lot of gas. We can do something with it. Yeah, I know. It's just well, it's because the market's rigged, and you know they're just running the price oil. Eventually, well, the price think, oil will come back think, down where it belongs, which is forty bucks. And 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 all they and all they do is uh, well, you know, uh, we need to jack the prices up, so uh, we're just going to stop producing. I mean, they're rigging it right in front of your very eyes. It's like <laughs> we don't like the price. And I'm you know I'm I finished that uh, that book, The Informant, about uh, Arthur Daniels Midland Corporation. Dude, a, a corporate America, big big corporate America. It, all it does is rig prices all over the place. Everything's rigged. Yeah. Well, 
Which brings me to another clip. <laughs> well, oh, gee. Yeah. All right. I like to transition. We're having segues here. I didn't yeah. mean to go right into no, this. No, that's okay. Is this, can we, can we close off the real news segment or is more, more yet No, to this come? is actually more real news. Okay. This happened last night. And now, back to real news. Talking about rigged. Uh, there was a fight last night. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, Ma, 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 oh, this was the big Ma, HBO Ma, fight, right? This was the yeah. big one, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the commercials. And against uh, Juan Diaz, Melgenati, uh, Melgenati. I can never. I have to re- look at his name. To- no, it's it's. Anyway, Paul had he. Paul. He was, <laughs> Paul. Paul. <laughs> we know him as Paul. Paul Melgenati. So well, I got it, Melgenati. Anyway, so he had the the fight was rigged and it was just rigged, and which you know, and it was a Golden Boy production, which was the famous Oscar De La Hoya. And so I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, "Well, Oscar's finally made it as an American, you know, as a." Af- uh, Hispanic or Latino American right, fight right, right. promoter as a fight promoter he's made it because now he can rig fights, which is you know the goal of everybody. Of course. And so with this guy went ballistic. Uh, I don't even have only have a small clip of it, but Kellerman, who's interviewing him, seems to be like a stooge for the for now, the rig. Now who's Kellerman? Job. And, and uh, Max Kellerman is like an analyst who's detested by the boxing community, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly by Ring Magazine, and this is going to do him no good whatsoever, because after this was over, Kellerman even came on and, and gave us a little speech, which kind of defended <laughs> this ridiculous uh, scoring. Wait, so, John, you're, the real news uh, portion of what you're about to mention is that boxing is rigged. I mean, this is, this is like, there's gambling <laughs> no, the going real, on there? <laughs> yeah, I'll just play the Kellerman clip. I just found the whole thing hilarious because this guy went crazy. Paulie, assuming you don't get a rematch for a second. You know I ain't getting a rematch, man. This is Boxing, boxing is full of shit, man. I used to love. Assuming this I used to love this sport, man. I cannot stand doing this. The only reason I do this is because it gives me a good payday. Boxing is full of shit. Paulie, assuming you don't get the rematch, you here have reestablished yourself on a world class level. What would you want next? Listen, anything that comes my way. I mean, I'm just an opponent <laughs> after losing the fight. One can go call out the winner of Marquez and Mayweather or the winner of another big fight. I don't have that luxury because I got robbed. So I'm on the short end of the stick. <laughs> Use as an opponent in somebody's hometown again. This is the bullshit I gotta go through. I'm fighting for Pauly, Pauly, congratulations on a tremendous performance and an excellent fight. It was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I love that. How much did that just, cost? 23 bucks to watch? No, it was on free. Really? It wasn't I thought, a pay per view. No, no, no. The pay per views are only once every few months. Oh. And I refuse to. I just assume they they show them later, a week later. So I watch them then. Even though you know the outcome of the fight. Yeah, I just wanted to see. I'd like to watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose, John? <laughs> I don't know. Not if you want to watch these guys box and see what happened. Well, but you know what happened. Well, I sometimes I well, you know, they don't play it up a lot. So the, the the media has decided what sports are important, and because of the political correctness movement, boxing has been pushed. To, they never, very rarely, even run stories in the sports section on boxing. If I go right now to Google News and look at sports, I've got a, a baseball, a racing thing, and a Grand Prix story on the front page. If I go to the sports, didn't I hear page, that uh, President Obama was pandering to NASCAR? Didn't I read that somewhere? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, 
apparently some real green initiative. <laughs> Let me see. I can find this somewhere. I'm looking at the whole sports thing. You have to, you'd have to type in boxing to find out what happened. So half the time you can't. Yeah, Meljanagi. 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 That's it. Mal, Meljanagi. Meljanagi. <laughs> It's just a worse name. Yeah, this is why this guy lost. Yeah, no Get kidding. Him out of here. Like, no name. name. You got no name. You can't win. You know. You got to have something so, cool, oh. like like Ali. You know, this is no good. Mel Janagi. That's what I think it is. Or Mel Janagi. I don't know. Hmm. I only heard it a million times last night. But Paul. Paul, better known to his friends as Paul. Breast implants are shrinking along with the economy. Thought you'd like to know that. It's about time. Yeah, there was a time when uh, when women really had huge breast implants, and now uh, they're taking... Uh, it's out of <clears throat> vogue, and a lot of them look like basketballs. It's glue <laughs> It just doesn't look right. Now it's more the, uh, the B cup is, uh, I think, what women are going for. And uh, that seems to be a new economic indicator, John. Which uh, we need to follow. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought skirt length was more interesting to follow. I, okay, you can have your skirts. I'll take the B cups. <clears throat> okay. There's a joke in there somewhere. I'm not, just, yeah. I'm not coming up with anything. So meanwhile, of course, uh, in Afghanistan, uh, the fix was in there as well with uh, Hamid Karzai, who, uh, who of Did course... Did he win? <laughs> He claimed victory immediately. It's a shock. Yeah, really. That, it, it, to me, it's just unbelievable. And not a single publication I saw, at least, uh, and I, you know, I read, you know, the the big ones, the uh, Financial Times, uh, Wall Street Journal, and uh, and New York Times. Not a single one actually says, you know, by the way, Hamad Karzai, you know, educated in America, lived in America, was put in as a shill by the Americans. You know, it's like, and then they've brought back uh, some warlord. What's his name? Dutz, Dutzen or something. I can't forget his name. Um, and, uh, and, you know, they just intimidated everybody. It's just, it's like. They don't even have to do that. They can just say whatever the, they want to say. Let's go with one more real news story while I'm on the roll. This is actually real news from a news broadcast. And now, back to real news. Southwest flight. A Southwest Airlines passenger is in custody in the Bay Area tonight. Authorities say he not only hit passengers, he stripped on board. Shortly <laughs> after flight 947 departed Oakland for St. Louis this morning, passengers say Darius Chappelle exposed himself to a woman. She screamed and the 21-year-old allegedly punched her in the face. Authorities say Chappelle then ran down the aisle, fought with the flight attendants, and stripped naked as the passenger photo shows. Now that's what I call news. <laughs> and, and he was later heard to be saying, turn on the foam, dude. Turn on the foam. <laughs> I think there was, uh, wasn't yesterday, go top, maybe it's today, go topless day. Uh, yeah, I think it is, go topless.org. Where, go uh, topless? Yeah, yeah. To In go, this country, go, you go no, no, topless, check it out. next thing you know, you're on the sexual offenders well, that's, list. Well, that's why, that's why there's this whole, yeah, for uh, Sunday, August 23rd, 2009, in honor of Women's Equality Day, which, of course, John, you and I celebrate. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you go to gotopless.org, 
uh, across the U.S., apparently, in many cities across the U.S., women are going to be protesting uh, under the 14th Amendment that they have the right to go topless there where men can go topless. And, of course, that they absolutely have the right to do that. Um, that is kind of a weird cultural thing, you know, just coming back from... Uh, from the south of Spain, where it's it's totally no big deal for uh, throughout most of Europe, it's no big deal for for women to go topless on the beach, and uh, in America, why are we all messed up about that in America? Because it's a sexual offense. You have to be a sexual <laughs> you have to predator. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that simple. <laughs> There's just no two ways about it. It's a sexual offense. <laughs> you have to be on the registry. Are you looking at this website? You know they have no. They have the. Uh, you know the the thing is the. Um, New York City, Central you know, Park, you, you, Columbus you, you Circle. You have this theory that all these guys in higher level of governments are a bunch of of essential uh, pedophiles and, and whatever. You know what better yes, way to to cover your tracks than to make everything a sexual offense? Yeah, so the real point. pedophiles can't be identified. Yeah, good point. The Very rapist good can't be identified. Just you know, some there. There's a good story in the Economist that people should look up, which is go, just goes on to a, a rant about America and its and its sex offenders lists. And in fact, they got guys who you know peed in the park, literally. And they're and then you're on the sex on the offenders list. list if if you pee in the park. Yeah, in some states, absolutely. Oh my God. And in fact, if you can find some of these online, there's a bunch of Google Map mashups where you can go and see it, look at the sexual offenders Wait in the area. Not put together by Vivek, uh, our CIO, by any chance. <laughs> he's taken some COBOL data and he's mashed it up into the sex offenders Google Map. So the, the point is, is that you can look at these and you'll see a lot of them are like real sketchy. It's like, why is this... On guy the in, on the list it's yeah. you know peed in the park by the way peeing is really not a sexual act I, I should mention this to these courts yeah but that's exposing yourself I guess yeah at night you're drunk you know in, in <laughs> Holland when they had the big Queen's Day they have all these public bathrooms yes. that are kind of like these weird stand- you, you don't go inside anything it's just like a urinal outside that well you kind of go of- through a little twisty bit so you turn right twice and then you're kind of in there right actually these were no <laughs> <laughs> oh really <laughs> they were, yeah, they were just, just walk like, up to them <laughs> it's like a four it's like a four oh yeah, thing I've seen these, like yeah. circle yeah, it's like a pyramid. Uh, right, and they and they they bring them out for these parties. I mean, they're not in the street all the time. And they and instead of having these little booths like we have in the United States, which stink to high heaven anyway, and it's mostly for pee. It's obviously not for anyone to take a dump. But anyway, it's like, and you just kind of put yourself into this little nook, and you take a leak, and you walk, you zip up and walk away, and it's right out, and it's out in public. It's like a urinal, kind right. of, right. and. Uh, Nobody seems to mind. And it, and it makes total sense. Well, you don't want them peeing on the street. No, that's exactly... Or peeing in the canal, which is even nastier. No, it, again, it's, it's this American messed up thing about just anything. And, and meanwhile, the best porn is made in America. I just don't get it. Well, I've always felt that a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Americans really are just nasty people. <laughs> and the Europeans aren't. Okay. They don't get all worked up 
about a, about a bare breast. I mean, I was looking at some Italian online publication, and you know, the whole it's a newspaper, and they got front page ads of women, topless women, you know, showing off their underwear because they were selling something at a store. And you would never see anything like that in the United States because it would guys would go crazy. I'm looking for this uh, story that was email. I think it was emailed to me about uh, President Obama. I think he uh, showed up in Montana. Do you, um, he's always showing up somewhere. Yeah, uh, maybe it wasn't on email. I've got to look for it. But it was a beautiful description um, about how they actually because it was this was one of the uh, the the healthcare um, rallies that he did, and um. You know how busloads of SEIU folks came in. They had people protesting in a roped-off area on the airfield where the news media could, the news media didn't even know they were there. That's how far away they were from the action. But the best part, and this is why I'm looking for it, you know, Montana, of course, known for its uh, beef. I guess, John, uh, that would be uh, you know pretty good for the local economy if you have all these dignitaries flying in. And you know, of course, uh, it's not just the president; it's his uh, his whole you know his whole plane full of peeps. Uh, but they uh, they actually shipped in lobster uh, specifically for uh, for the president and his posse into Montana for him You're to kidding. eat. Yeah, no, no, that's why that's why I wanted to find it, but uh, maybe it wasn't. Uh, maybe it was somewhere else. A lot of people posting excellent stuff on. Message uh, from John C. Morinock. Thank you. A lot of people posting good <laughs> stuff on the <laughs> drop. <Did> dot, <laughs> I like it. Drop. Is dot every time I send you a file, does that happen? <laughs> yes. Drop.io slash daily source code. People are still posting. Stop it. (laughs) Don't make me turn it off. (laughs) Don't overuse your privilege. (laughs) By the way, that's a link to the urinals in in Holland. Yeah, I know know exactly what they look like. I I have peed there myself. I've been known to use one of those urinals. I can usually hold it. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, that's... uh good information for when you're flying with me <laughs> so you have the coke bottle in the thing <laughs> it really you can fit it into a coke bottle uh, no uh-huh. I, but i'm a good shot <laughs> uh hey that's interesting someone got a naked picture of nick mickey and they put it here on the on the drop i don't understand how they got that hmm. So anyway, since we're on the uh, let's see where are we? Since we're on the topic here, I, since you were talking about the you know the protests, it's funny that they would bring in lobster. Talk, they, you know what? Obama's going to get fat in that job. You know, and he's playing golf too. This this is wrong. Whatever happened to, to basketball? That was that was the one thing that was kind of cool about him. You know, he was he played basketball. He had his hoop set up in the White House or. Somewhere, I think. And now he's playing golf everywhere. It's, it's, eh, eh. There's something wrong with that. It's a bad image. So here's a clip that I have from one of the, the meetings, town hall meetings, where everybody's all worked up. And this woman comes on, and she this is, a, uh, this is Jean Taylor in, Louis, in uh, uh, Mississippi, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Uh, this woman comes on, and she actually, I think, expresses the frustration that the people have with 
not just the health care bill, but with the government in general. She has actually a nice little speech at the beginning. And then this guy who is a blue dog Democrat, I don't know when that term first came up, but it's like really popular, you know, if yeah, you're who, voting. Who exactly are the blue dog Democrats? Are these, the other are ones who are voting no on health care. They're essentially moderate Democrats who are leaning toward Republicans. And what does it mean, blue dog? I don't know, but from the blue state, and they're a dog. I have no idea. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Is this the Don Hewitt? No, no. Don Hewitt's last. Wow. This is uh, voting no. But I, what I want to point out is that when this guy, who's the blue dog Democrat, says he's going to vote no on health care, they give him, and I only have part of it, they give him a five- or six-minute standing ovation. Wow. Let's listen. He's cared about Mississippi, and he listens about Mississippi. There's a lot of congressmen up there that are shutting their doors. They're shutting their doors. They're not listening to us. They're calling us mobs. We're not mobs in Mississippi. We're not mobs in Mississippi. But my question, this is my question. As a staff auditor, I haven't seen the federal government make one attempt to clean up one mess. Not one minute. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them clean up the SEC. Enron should not have happened. People should not have lost their retirement. We have enough regulations to stop that, but it's not happening. There's too much corruption. There's too much going on that's not being checked. You know what I said? No. If you can't, if you can't clean up a little job. How can you take away all of our health care that we pay for? Did, did someone say, do you know who this is? Was that like a, a, a news commentator or something? No, no. This is just some woman in the, in the I don't know what that was. Okay. Okay. We'll, no, thank you very much. We'll, we'll start in reverse order. Number one, I would hope by now that everyone in this room is aware that I am not going to vote for the health care plan. <laughs> this goes on for six minutes. Kill it. But you know what? You know, I think that uh, there's a lot of things going on here, but it, this has, it really has little to do with health care anymore. I think it's just... <laughs> it's- it, you know, people it's are just ridiculous. like tired. You know what happened to the save or create all these millions of jobs with the shovel almost ready. Shovel, shovel ready shovel ready projects. You know, everyone's out of everyone's literally out of a job. Every single state where in, when you read in the news where it's like the state unemployment figures, they're never around the nine point four percent that it's supposed to be. It's always double digits. It's always thirteen percent, fifteen percent, eighteen percent. At least one of the stories about a state in the news has to be five percent, otherwise you can never average the nine point four. So clearly it, people are really hurting. They're out of jobs and and it's just you know this So is, they show up at these meetings. Yes. You know, it's- What's funny is that people say, well, we like need more participatory democracy. Well, this is what you get exactly. from Americans who have time to go to these meetings. And it's, and it's middle class and old people. Hey, John, you fit both. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. <laughs> hey, have you, been to a, have you been to a meeting? I don't have to. I just watch them on C-SPAN. Yeah. Oh, I miss C-SPAN a lot. I really did miss it. So I have one more clip, and this is from C-SPAN. It's actually kind of interesting. Um, 
it's a little long. It's not real long, but you have to listen to the whole thing because it's it's actually a fascinating anecdote. This was Don Hewitt who died uh, this week and or this within the last week or so, and he was the one who who created sixty minutes. And there was a one-hour interview with him done on C-SPAN in, in the year 2001 that was actually quite fascinating. And it'll be a lot better, to, if you can find that, for people out there who, who care, uh, than tonight's 60-minute show, which will be a one-hour tribute to Don Hewitt. Which now, was will probably he, was he a producer? Was he a journalist? What exactly was he? He was a was producer, he? And, a, and he was a, always, basically is a producer. He had some, you know, some journalism chops but he was a producer he's the one who produced the early uh ed murrow and all kinds of stuff so he's like a, but he's the one who created 60 minutes he named it he came up with the ticking clock he did all that stuff and he kept with the show until just maybe just a few years ago okay doing an obscure but, but, governor sorry but this More? is he was being interviewed and he was being asked about various people and he'd respond with what, what he thought of him and the experiences he's had with him. So he, the question on this one is, is it was wrapping up uh, a, uh, Carvel. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, James. Yeah, James Carvel. He asked about James Carvel, and and Hewitt, Hewitt gives this story that I actually I should have heard, or I've heard of, or something. I didn't hear anything of, about this before. But this is the he produced the show where Clinton came out and said that Jennifer Flowers thing was a was bull, and then became president shortly thereafter. And, he, and this is Hewitt's uh, remembrance of the event. Okay, here we go. An obscure governor named Bill Clinton from Arkansas and his wife, Hillary, who nobody had ever heard of, at the Ritz Hotel in Boston because he wants time to explain Jennifer Flowers. He came there to set the record straight, and he set the record crooked. And we were in that room about an hour, and I knew he was lying, and she knew he was lying, and Steve Croft knew they were lying. And in the middle of it, this carvel, this funny-looking duck arrives, and he plunks himself down in the control room like a groupie following a couple of rock stars. And he starts the nattering to himself and actually sobbing. Oh, I love them. I love those people. I love them so much. I love them. And I, I said, well, somebody sh this guy up <laughs> or get him the hell out of here. But I tried to get a cop to throw him out. I think he reported me to Hillary. I think I've been on report ever since. I am persona non grata with Hillary Clinton. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it guy no, comes it, in it and he's bawling like he's a baby. Crying. Oh my gosh. Hey, I found uh, an excerpt from that email, um, ah. which is, uh, yeah, it's kind of good. Uh, but now you probably heard that President Obama came to Montana last Friday. However, there are many things the major news has not covered. On uh, about Tuesday, Joe, that's this woman's uh, husband who works at the airport. Um, he's a transport pilot, I believe. Uh, Joe found out they would be holding the town hall at the airport. Uh, our airport is actually located outside of Belgrade, this tiny town in a very rem remote location. Nothing around there, but they chose to uh, use a hangar that is the most remotely located hangar. You could not pick a more remote location, and you could not get to it easily, totally secluded from the public. Uh, during the week, cargo by the tons was being shipped in constantly. Airport employees could not believe how it just kept coming in. 
though it was our president coming, uh, several expressed how excessive it was, especially during a recession. Thursday morning, about 600 tickets were passed out. However, 1,500 were printed at a local printing shop per White House request. So there's 900 tickets missing. Uh, the same morning, someone called into the radio from the local UPS branch and said that thousands of dollars of lobster were shipped in for Obama. <laughs> and, of course, Montana has some of the best beef in the nation. Would have been really wonderful to help out the local economy. The groups that wanted to protest Obama's spending and health care had gotten a permit to protest, and that area was roped off. And that was not to be. A large bus carrying SEIU uh, union members drove up onto the area illegally, unloaded right there. Quite a commotion. And specifically two SEIU men trying to make trouble, start a fight. Police did get involved, arrested the one man, but they said uh, they didn't have the manpower to remove the entire SEIU crowd. So I guess what... Uh, what... Um, the the right-wing insurance-backed groups are being accused of is actually happening uh, on the uh, on the Democratic side. Interesting. But, but I, I, I'm still baffled. By the lobster? By why the <laughs> SEIU, yeah. a union, is taking this position, and why they're not just neutral on it. Well, what has it the health care bill have to do with them? Well, the only thing I can I can think of is that they well first of all obama is owned by the unions i remember quite specifically we even talked about it that he you know particularly the auto unions uh, the auto workers union which of course he he bailed out um gm um and hopefully saved some jobs there somehow um but they donated so much money to him that he has to do whatever they want and and the seiu appears to be pretty much government employees and they must like their health plan, and I guess the bill panders to them. Or well, and, I don't and, see that it's improving their lot in life. I mean, they already the the government workers that are in the SEIU generally have a really good health plan already. Mm-hmm. So what is the what? I mean, so I mean, I can see where they could. I just don't see what what is in what's in it for them to be one way or the other. I would it would seem to me that if I'm an SEIU person and this healthcare thing, I'd say that's great. You know, I think Obama should go knock himself out and, and do this the way he's going. But I don't see why I'm getting involved. Why? Well, they're because just, they're, they're mind controlled drones. I have no idea. The whole thing is baffling to me. But I do know one thing: there's a there's a very tight connection between Acorn and the SEIU that needs explore, exploring. I have some clips. I don't have them with me today, but well, the guy who is the uh, the top one of these guys who's he, he's both with SEIU, is one of the top guys there, and he's with Acorn. And he's uh, he I got to get this clip. He he had, he had this weirdest thing to say. He says if people have a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of things that they can get from the government for free, and they, you know, and they sign up for them and they get them. He doesn't see any reason why a computer can't go and sign up everybody for everything automatically, whether the person wanted it or not, thinking that was a really good way to break the bank, I guess. I mean, I'm just, this whole thing is, is completely baffling to me. And it looks like Obama, if he's flying in lobster, because he can't go five minutes without some butter, uh, Dipping the lobster into butter. We need some uh, lobster. It seems to me that this is like a very, you know, uh, needless expense. That's just an example of what's something's wrong. Something's wrong. Well, there is, um, you know, and uh, there was a before I left uh, on vacation. 
uh, and it's something that I actually wanted to bring up several times, I think, throughout the past year. You know, all of a sudden I just started receiving emails from, from uh, the president. And I and I certainly never signed up for anything. And I kind of thought that. Remember when we were uh, trying to um, seduce the uh, the Obama bot woman in my building? Remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And uh, the, and the, the only reason you say you might as well explain why we because I wasn't trying to do I was well, I, well, I was no, writing no, something no, because she was going she was, she kept uh, I kept bumping into her uh, in the hallway and she kept talking about Camp Obama and we wanted to find out what Camp Obama was all about and so you know yeah. I was going to invite her over for drinks and she wound up basically plopping a couple of bumper stickers down in front of my door I, I think someone might have tipped her off because we were talking about it on the show. Um, so I thought maybe she had signed me up, and I thought, you know, that's not possible because you're supposed to get a verification email so that exactly that can't happen, that you just start getting email from some email list. And if you sign up at the White House, I believe at whitehouse.gov, you do have to send a verification email. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, it's been overused or something happened, and I start, you know, receiving emails from David Axelrod. By the way, that viral email, remember we read that, where you had eight points and send it to all your friends? I, no one sent it to me. I only got it once from him. So, you know, virality zero. But now also um, uh, Barack Obama's Twitter feed is active again, and it's all, you know, all these crazy links and all this stuff about health care reform. I mean, it's, has it just become a political issue for them that they just can't lose regardless of what it is? They just can't lose face on this? I mean, what? Or, 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 well, is yeah, it- I think there's that element. Well, they, there's the, the element of embarrassment. By the way, it seems there's some people claiming that the, the government itself is in violation of the Can Spam Act and some other totally. anti spam legislation. Totally. Now, the, um, I think what the, what they, they, the problem that they have, is um, I just got a note here saying the White House is using a private company for these mass emailings. Um, you know, Fox is going after him, called the Gov Delivery. Anyway, so um, the um, they have the majority, a huge majority, like seventy votes in the House, and they've got like a sixty forty majority in the Senate. They should be able they to get, get pass anything they want. They can pass anything they want. They were voted in as a, like a big mandate here, Democrats, knock yourselves out. And if he can't, I mean, if you own the place, you think, you, you know, if you're the boss of the nightclub and you, you basically own the bouncers work for you and you want to throw, start throwing people out, you just do it. You don't have to argue with them. Uh, it, it, it would be a huge disaster if he can't pass this bill because it's like democrat president democrat house filibuster proof senate this is everything you want this is a dream come true for anybody and he can't and now it's like falling apart what is wrong with this picture there's something amiss i'd like to uh take you down the rabbit hole for a minute john as uh i was looking uh, around uh some of my favorite kooky websites uh, one of my favorites is AboveTopSecret.com. I mean, if you've ever looked at that one. Did you know that we actually have a Naval Space Command? Do we? Yes, we have a Naval Space Command. And what this, uh, and I'll put the link in the show notes because it's, it's a very, very well researched article. 
it basically comes down to you remember that hacker, that kid from the UK who was being extradited because he broke into some government computer by using the you know the essentially the NT at you know standard admin password, and he found this list, and the list was of military personnel, naval military personnel, and uh, next to each name was either he was a terrestrial or an outer space commander, uh, <laughs> meaning. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Meaning that you know he was either uh, stationed on Earth or at one of the uh, moon bases or perhaps uh, another planetary uh, base that we apparently have out there. And there's some amazing shit going on. And the fact that in many, many actual press releases, you know, it, it appears that NASA is just this huge front. But as I suspected all along, all of these space shuttles, man, we've got mo- we've got bases all over the place. We're, well, we're I mean, powering satellites. Minute, we've never with- been to the moon. Now we're loaded up. We got condos on the moon. <laughs> Not just condos, man. We we've got we've got total Starfleet command going on, and uh, and we're charging. Um, uh, satellites with laser. I mean, this is actual press releases that the government puts out. You know, I, there's no central uh, centralized press office. Clearly, did you even know that that was possible? That that they're powering satellites through uh, laser shots from the ground. This is bogus. No, man. Hold on. It's not bogus. <laughs> oh no, we got. Uh, why, what's the point? You got plenty of energy up there. You can use. Yeah. By the way, somebody mentioned that the SCIU represents a lot of part-time employees who don't get health care, and that's their angle. It's according to Big Boy BC. It's possible, I suppose. Still. So I'm uh, again. I, I have to apologize because I just didn't have any any bandwidth uh, there in the uh, in the Bel Air Islands. Uh, but I'm going to really look into this uh, Naval Space Command, which, of course, is exactly what, you know, in, in, in Star Trek and every other science fiction film, it's always the Navy that, uh, that runs deep space. It's not, you know, not like the Air Force. It's the Navy. So it makes sense. Well, no, they're, they're used to having, you know, a big ship with a lot of people on it. It's something the Navy, you know, the Navy knows how to manage that type of thing. So if you're going to have a giant spaceship filled with people, it, it makes, makes sense. sense yeah, it makes sense. The management skill set of a Navy captain, even though there are a bunch of many of them, are the worst kind of blowhards you've ever run into. We used to have to ticket them when I was at the Air Pollution District. The Navy would come into town. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, a couple of tricks you, you notice this when you see people who are like air pollution inspectors or any kind of inspectors, actually. You usually try to hit the uh, you, you, the ship violates in the morning or whenever they violate. You try to get there around 10 to 12, like 10 minutes before noon. These guys are so, you know, OCD. They, can't, they have to take their lunch at 12. They can't, you know, they start shaking otherwise. So they always invite you to the captain's mess so you get a free meal. And you do this with all the ships. Yes. So I was like, basically every couple and some, days. And some be, Cabernet. I'd be, well, no, they don't, no grog either. <laughs> but I was, you know, eating on various ships from different parts of the world all the time, getting lectures from the Greek guy on some Greek freighter about how, how you should treat women. I thought it was kind of weird. But anyway, these Navy guys are the most arrogant pricks in the world. And, and it's like, and everybody jokes about, oh, you met a Navy captain. Oh, isn't that funny? Huh. Uh, so these guys, you know, but they can manage a big operation, but they they stay very arrogant. I don't know where that story was going. Well, it, no, it's okay because we can kind of stick with it because you know, I bring up this uh, this Naval Space Command or the United States Navy Space Command. I think is the official uh, uh, the official name. 
because they have been working with, uh, I guess, Russian and maybe Finnish naval forces. You know, this whole uh, missing ship, this um, the Arctic Sea. This story is also you're going to have to get this get this story pieced together better. Yeah, I can do. I can I tell you what it sounds like to me? Go ahead. A waste of money. The Naval Space Command? Yeah. Mm. It sounds like a waste of money. More another government squandered pile of money going down the tubes. I know, no John, I know, I'm I'm really thinking that the, the, again, it's much bigger than we realize. And it's probably been going on for a long time, and it's just being hidden from us. You know, I've talked about this many times. There's a war in space going on over our heads as we speak. Satellites getting blown out by other satellites. There's all kinds of weird shit going on. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if there is an actual, you know, there's like space shit going on that we just don't see. You know, give us a little, ooh, look at the space shuttle. Yeah, oh, we're going to go fix the toilet on the International Space Station. But meanwhile... They're resupplying, you know, the naval fleet up there. How do you? I'm still wondering how you go from we never landed on the moon to this. I didn't say we never landed on the moon. You're I'm like sa- you're like completely psychotic. No, no, when it comes I didn't to this say that. Stuff. I said in the 19. It was in 1966. That I believe was a fake moon landing. Of course. Yeah. It, well, it happened to be 1969. So the 1966 one definitely was. Yeah, fake. that was fake. And the 69 one. Sorry, John. No, the 69 was the only one. That was the first one. I understood your joke. Okay, I got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't tell when you're in a when you're in a funk. But I'm not. I'm not in a funk. That I believe you're was just studio fugue. work. You're in but, a fugue. But but me in the meantime, I'm really starting to think there's something going on up there. What do you know? I don't know crap. Obviously, you know, why, why else do they want this kid so badly? You know, he so he hacked into some NT system. All he got was a list of, uh, you know, of. Of military personnel, except you know the the slight problem with this list is what was the I'm going to look up the actual terminology. It was. Well, can uh, I say something? Yes, please. If you're a kid out there who does this sort of thing, you hack into some crazy thing, and you, and you download a huge file of nutty, you know, data that maybe lists the aliens that are working for us in the Pentagon or with something like crazy stuff like that. Make as many copies of it as you can and send it out to everybody, including us. Because otherwise, if you do the one, you make the one copy and you keep it close to your vessel, you become a movie, you know, where the guy's trying to, you know, he's got the thumb drive, and the next thing you know, it's like it's crushed by the subway. It was Uh, non-terrestrial officers. So there was a list, and then it had said terrestrial officers and non-terrestrial officers. Well, I hope somebody's got the list. I wonder if someone must have the list. Oh, maybe it has to do with aliens. I mean, this is right up your alley. Mm, I'd rather it was non. Uh, I'd rather it was like you know humanoids who were you know just on <laughs> humanoids. <laughs> you humanoids are doomed. <laughs> we're stationed out in space. Yeah, you laugh at me. You laugh. Go now, ahead. How do you I laugh. transition from that into the begging for money segment? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think this show is worth much. Today's today's episode. <laughs> today's episode. Hey, you got to hear Don Hewitt talk about James Carvel crying true. like a baby. That, that's true. I mean, that's worth something. That's absolutely worth something. I mean, now when you see him on TV, you go, this guy's a psycho. Well, let's put it this way. So even though it's 
it's uh, it's a regular Sunday broadcast. You know, I rushed back from the airport. That such is the dedication to this program. Totally flying blind, setting it up. John's got clips. You know, you did get you did get the Hewitt clip. I mean, let let's be honest. How's yeah, that? it's a good clip. Am, am I, is and it's, it's going to be better than anything you're going to see on the 60 Minutes show later today. Where did that clip come from? Where did you find that? It came from C- C-SPAN, an interview done by that guy who runs C-SPAN, the, the pumpkin-headed guy, and um, <laughs> in 2001. I'm not familiar with the pumpkin-headed guy. He's the main guy. He's the soft-spoken guy who does most of the interviews. He's got I, kind of a pumpkin-shaped head. C-SPAN not really known for its on-air celebrities. You know, it's, <laughs> this is true. I, I'm, not, I'm not really too sure. Okay, well, you'll, you've seen him before. I can't remember his name. Anyway, we're going to do a Google. lot of work this week. We have a lot of things to follow up on. I will definitely delve into the Naval uh, Space Command. Uh, and I will, and and again, please go to the show notes at uh, noagendashow.com because I will. This above top secret um, article is is really just outstandingly well researched. All right, well, let's do some call outs to some people, including Jeff Solomon, who gave us a hundred dollars, and will be listed in the show notes because he wrote a short story about EMP, and you're going to put a link up for him, I guess. Uh, you know, we're 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 obliging. Okay. Uh, and he's in Jackson Heights, New York. Trevor, uh, I guess it's Foher or Foucher or Foher. I don't know if I left a C out or not. F-O- I got F-O-U-H-E-R, but it could be F-O-U-C-H-E-R from Seattle, 50. Uh, Phil Connor in Windsor, UK, gave us $80.40. What do you think that is? Eighty forty. I don't know. I think it's our respective ages. Uh, <laughs> Bada-boom! Brian Kaufman, two hundred bucks from Tempe, Arizona. Thanks, Brian. John Stevens, a hundred dollars, and he lives in Laguna Woods. Now, California had this place called Laguna Beach, which was like this very high-end, ritzy area, and then they kind of expanded, and then they became this Laguna Hills, which is you know more ritzy. Now, I guess they've gotten even bigger. And now there's Laguna Woods. Jeez, hmm. expansion, yeah. Josh Feldman, Quincy, Massachusetts. John Kelly, Charlotte, North Carolina. Sean Rice, Calgary. Uh, all for gave us 50. And then there's another one. Here's one. Can you imagine? I think this is a woman. Could be a man, but I doubt it. But it sounds like a woman. But you have to imagine she's or he's in Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, how do you name your kid Desert Burn? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Depends on what you're, you know, if your dad is part of the Naval Space Command, then it kind of fits, doesn't it? Desert Burn, I just think it's a great name. It's, it's, it beats Johnny Green. Well, it's like uh, Dweezil Zappa and Moon Unit. Yeah, Desert Burn. Carl Patterson, Mac, Macklesfeld, Cheshire, UK, is Mackley, M-C-C-L-E-S Field. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, 50. Now, here's one that you have to, you're going to have, the guy says, you know how to pronounce it. He showed me how to pronounce it. Right, he's it. in Vorst, Belgium. Let's spell it. He's, he's, he's a Dutch, I think. And the first name is Bass, B-A-S. Mm-hmm. Bass. And the sec Bass. Mm-hmm. And the second name is spelled B-R-U-I-N-I-N-K-X. B-R-U-I-N-I-N-K-X. Brownings. Yeah. Brownings. Boss Brownings. He had a brown inks. Yeah, brown, Brownings. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, whatever. Uh, Randy Pierce, uh, Ricky Pierce, I'm sorry. I, I, think, Sydney, I think people just send us money just to get a ringtone out of this, you know, with a crazy name. <laughs> it's just like, hey, man, maybe I'll get a ringtone out of it. Adam and John will mention my name. Hey, Brownix. Hey, Bus Brownix. Ricky Pierce, wake up. Your phone's <laughs> ringing, Ricky. Bus Brownix, you got a phone call. He's Sydney in Sydney, Australia. John. Petrocini, Hudson, New York. You've Lair- got a call. Lari, L-A-R-I, Corpy. After, after every name you mention, I'll do, you've got a phone call. Okay, let's go. We'll start with John. Sorry about the people earlier. You got to get... <laughs> <laughs> Donate again. again. We're starting with John Petrocini. You've got a phone call. Uh, Lari Corpy. It's your mother calling. Uh, and she's in, or he is in Helsinki. Cool. Is L-A-R-I a female or male name in Finland? We don't know. I don't know. I hear all the all the paper plants are closing down in Finland. For what? what? Well, because they're, they're out of business. Like, no one, no one wants paper anymore. Oh, yeah. This is going on all over the world. But you know how many people work in paper in Finland? It's like a fifth of the economy works in paper. No, paper mills are, are not healthy. No. Uh, Joseph Moraka. You have a phone call, Joseph. In Sarasota, Florida. Uh, David Thaler gave us $105.88. And here's a text message for you. And he's in sh- another funny town, Shrub Oak, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you are amused by that. <laughs> I don't know why. Uwe Mayer, E-U-W-E, Uwe Mayer, hit it. Oh, phone mind. call. Uh, is who's in Wiesbaden, Germany? Uh, fifty-five dollars and fifty-five cents. Do you know what that might be? Uh, uh, fifty-five and fifty-five. Yeah, can't drive fifty-five. You know, in, 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 you know that in Germany the stimulus you can't on the autobahn. In Germany, in the, the stimulus existed. I just was reading this the other day. Companies that didn't fire employees are now being subsidized by the government. That seems like a really bad idea. Isn't that like well, a time bomb? Like, you know, how know, long can maybe. that last? Yeah, we'll see, won't we? And Vivian Hingsburg, uh, $50. Uh, Burlington, Ontario. Burlington, Ontario. Now, there's another woman that just sent us a check for 60 and I left her name in the car. But she said we shamed her into contributing, which I think was good. <laughs> and, and, and now we didn't even mention her name, which is... And I, just, we'll, get, we'll mention her name on Thursday. She'll get a special call out. And then also Jake sent us a couple of Tea Party uh, dollar coins. Oh, cool. And he sent two, so we each have one. And, 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 our, and who, who mints these uh, dollar coins? I have no idea. You no, have to go look I, it up online. Let's save one. Save, like, one. save one for when I get get back. No, I we, want one. but we have. There's two of them. You got one. I got one, and we can put it in our pocket and use it uh, in an emergency. Yes. If you could break through the plastic case. <laughs> it's a, so a, anyway. A I want to remind space. people that the if you want a ringtone from now on, yes. if you give us uh, fifty dollars or more. You get a ringtone. or more. Hundred. We'll give you a real special ringtone for a hundred. We'll do ringtones for each person. Uh, we'll this do is a great premium. Them. Finally, something we can actually execute upon, John, because we're doing the show yes. anyway. I love it. This yeah, we'll is do good. a ringtone, and we'll take requests. If you have a special ringtone request, yes, well, we'll even we'll even read it for you. It, like, yeah, you can put a little note somewhere, or you can send us an email. But you can actually put it in the in the contribution uh, file. Like, try a name. And try a name on me. Give me another. Do we have another donation? We we run, That's it. That's all we got. We do one of the earlier do, ones. 
Okay, let's do well. Let's do the big one of the big ones. Uh, okay. uh, here's a hundred dollars. John Stevens. Hey, Johnny, answer the phone, you douche. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a that's a cool. Here's, here's a two hundred dollar one that you have to give. Brian Kaufman. Your enough. I'll try it again. Yeah, nice going. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you, you, you sprung that on me. Try it again. Brian, what? Brian Kaufman. The Naval Command is calling you, Brian. You see, so in other words, what you've just proven is that they're going to have to write the ringtone they want. That's a much better idea. Get crap from us. Project Serpo, John. S-E-R-P-O. Well, before you say that, name. don't forget, Dvorak.org slash N-A, uh, noagendashow.com. Please help us out. We need all the help we can get. Believe yes, we do. me. Project Serpo, coming from the chat room, is the name given to what is said to have been a top-secret exchange between the United States government and an alien planet named Serpo. Now, this is uh, apparently where this list of non-terrestrial uh, uh, personnel comes from. Details of the exchange and what it was supposed to have entailed have appeared in several UFO conspiracy stories over the last 30 years, including one incident in 1983 in which a man identifying himself as a U.S. Air Force Sergeant Richard C. Doty, D-O-T-Y, contacted investigative journalist Linda Moulton Howe, claiming to be able to supply her Air Force records of the exchange for her HBO documentary, The E.T. Factors. An interesting article, and uh, it's on Wikipedia, so you know it's true. And I will link oh, yeah. to that uh, in the show notes at uh, noagendashow.com. Uh, so there's lots of, uh, quote, evidence out there that goes beyond Roswell. And, and, and when you, again, when you see all these press releases that literally from the government talking about the U.S. Naval Space Command, what the hell? Have you ever heard of the U.S. Naval Space Command? No. But they exist, and they also have something to do with that Arctic Sea. Do we know that they exist? Can we find a government.gov yes, site? Yes, 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 yes. It's in, it's in this article. Totally well, exists. I don't know what to make of it. It sounds nutty. Well, I'm just saying. So, uh, what else? I think that's it. There's not much else that's going on. We have the NFL preseason, which is, which well, is just going to be a horrible besides, season. Besides I'm the not fact watching that, football anymore. Besides the fact that the economy is going to come crashing down in October, the global economy, it's going to fall apart completely. No, there's not much going on. We've got all the central bankers in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, by the way, uh, Ben Bernanke, of course, his term is up as chairman or president of the chairman of the Fed, the Federal Reserve. They're now talking about Larry Summers becoming the uh, what? That's, that's the guy who sleeps all the time in meetings. Larry Summers well, may be become plus. <laughs> Larry Summers. And there was another name. Um, I think some. Oh, the uh, the the current president of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. Some woman who just got the gig, I believe. So Nancy yeah. Pelosi. <laughs> so things are uh, things are so moving. Say that things you should are... hit the hit the uh, button. Yeah, I got it. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a little jet lagged. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. All right. So Thursday we will do it all again. Uh, and uh, I'll uh, I'll have some details about the uh, U.S. Naval Space Command. 
sounds like a winner. Yeah, I hear you're you're jazzed about it for sure. And why well, I'm interested, and then I want people to go to uh, noagendashow.com and noagenda.mevio.com or no dvorak.org slash na and contribute for this week's uh, broadcast. I we appreciate it. And remember, you can still go out to New York City, Venice Beach, California, Chicago, Illinois, Miami Beach, Florida, Columbus, Ohio, Portland, Oregon, and Maui, Hawaii. And celebrate Go Topless Day. GoTopless.org brings you all the information. And I will put up the mailing list link uh, for the No Agenda Dinner, which we are uh, looking at the October Thanksgiving, original Thanksgiving date. October 3rd, right, is what we're going to do? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Coming to you from the 17th Century Canal House Crackpot Command Center in Amsterdam, Gitmo Nation East, I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, Northern Silicon Valley, Fog Central, so it seems, uh, I'm John C. Dvorak. Thursday is the date. We'll be back here again with another episode of No Agenda.